Oh. Are you? Stop. What happened? Oh, because we're loading the Facebook, we have to create a new event. I didn't do that. Ah. My timeline. It's all good. Wow. Wow. Those guys were good. They were handsome, too. Did you notice that? kind of good. Yeah, I yeah. did notice that. Hmm. We'll have to... Well, handsome fellas. Yeah, we actually have a couple more tunes for you from them as we go along the podcast today. So everyone sit tight for excellent content and tons of amazing live music. Aubrey, let's check in, man. How you doing? Let's check in. I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Yeah. Um, we got a show coming up. We do. We got a few shows actually coming up. A few shows up. coming up. Yeah. And I think I said this. I'm going into the studio to record in May. Mm-hmm. Light Rail, which I've never been at in the city. Uh, so that's fun. I haven't been in a studio studio for a while. Doing professional level recording. It's been a while. So psyched about that. Um, psyched for your birthday camping trip mm-hmm. coming up. And... Yeah, doing pretty good. Feeling pretty good? Pretty good. Can we ask about your 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 folks? Oh, yeah. My dad's uh, being transferred to a rehab hospital. So he's out of the ICU, and he's going to the rehab hospital, and it's going to be a long road, but he's out of the woods. But it's going to be a lot of physical therapy because when you're in the bed for 12 weeks, oh, your geez. muscles are just liquid mm-hmm. so but uh you know he's out of it so that's good news and my nephew's birthday was recently hmm. or no sorry it's coming up my yeah. birthday was recently yeah. my nephew's birthday is coming up my brother's birthday was in march huh. like last week so um yeah things things are pretty good i think we're on the verge of a golden age hmm. so i like it when you say that doing my part to make that happen. Okay. Any anything else there? Is that the is that the chicken? Any challenges? Yeah. What's the, what's challenging? <coughs> challenging. What's challenging you in your life right now? Uh. Kenny Loggins songs. <laughs> They're hard. <laughs> Difficult to play. The ones we're doing, or the one we're doing. What are you guys doing? Um, heart to heart. Maybe we'll have to maybe play I thirty seconds. Of it. I don't really know it. Yeah, can you hum it? Or I mean, not really, because it's he's such an amazing singer, and got I'm it. not. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, but you it. know, it's just these high level like studio musicians, you know, on these mm-hmm. tracks, and it's just really uh, sophisticated playing. So it's a challenge. That's a challenge. That's a fun challenge, though. Um. Yeah, so that I guess that's it. Hmm. Crypto's down. Down again. Yeah. What's it down it's to down now? Down to well, last I checked it was 7 Bitcoin was at 7,000. From I think early January, late December it was 20,000 mm-hmm. almost. So, you know, we'll see. But uh Peter Thiel, who was founded PayPal, he's like a mega Silicon Valley uh icon. He seems to think that Bitcoin is on the up and up. So he's he's sort of like, yeah, it's a good investment. So, you know, if he says it, uh, I listen. 
when Peter Thiel talks, I listen. So he has wisdom. He's a wisdom bringer for you. He's a wisdom bringer. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got some good ideas. And uh, he's the one who has talked about the the in, the indefinite future, the idea that we need a definite idea of a future, like we once had in the space race. That mm. was that was his sort of vision. He's like, we need to go to space, and we need to have like a vision of a concrete future that's not just apps, mm-hmm. more and better apps. Mm-hmm. Something that's like, oh, let's go to the moon, let's go to Mars, let's do a colony thing. So he's a really cool thinker, and um, anyway, yeah, Bitcoin's down, but it's always up and down. It's roller coaster. Other than that, things are good, man. How are you doing? Let me check in. What do you got going on? Well, <coughs> birthday. My birthday is coming up. I'm excited about that. I was like, wasn't sure what we were gonna do. But I, I kind of knew I always wanted to go camping, and there's just the places we used to go have become so crowded with like babies and stuff. The places you used to go for yeah. your birthday? Yeah, or mine and close friends' birthdays, like like Butano, like Butano, like really? That's all overrun I, now. It's nothing available. You can't rent a space there. Like it's just booked. So you- Okay. Like I, I was going to, and then I couldn't. Like I was trying to book something three months in advance, and it was like, no. Really? Yeah. Whereas usually you would go there for your birthday, or or, or someone else's. Bir- yeah, yeah. We usually go there. And so I went to this so other place. How recently. do you think that is? Like, what changed? I, th- I just, I think there's more people who live here now, and more people heard about Butano because it's fucking amazing. Butano's like this. So it's it a, a rainforest. It's a little rainforest. They let you have fires in, yeah. and like there's banana slugs and newts, and it's just it's so cool. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, one, just once. Oh, I've been there but, a lot. Yeah, huh? I, and so I'll go it's, again. It's just it's really hard to get in. And then also, people bring more people because there's less availability, and then there's mm. everyone. I think would be cool if they had all the fun they wanted to have at campsites, and if you have to listen to the other people, other campers, at certain times, it's not as much fun. Kind of the point is if it's just an- to hear your friends. Yeah. If it's annoying sounds. Like if kids and dogs yapping. Yeah, dogs. can be annoying. Bar- okay, dogs but if you hear a generator. The campsite next to you is like having a good time and it's just kind of laughing. They're laughing. That's fine. I don't care. I don't That's easy care. to tune out. Yeah. That's like the surf. It's like comforting. Yeah, but if it's a yapping poodle like at China Camp, or people had, arguing, they had that dog. Every time you'd go by, the thing would go nuts. Yeah, and then the owner was just like, uh. "Hey, yeah, stop it." That's right. I remember. Just super lazy. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. That's just. A, I mean, they've given clearly up, they don't care. Yeah, but it's your check in. Yeah. So. I, I my check in is like I'm like oh yeah cool okay I get a camping birthday now and so might actually have to reserve another site or two because there's maybe some more people than say last year mm. but like I went camping recently with my buddy Adam we just I just went on hip camp and I just like found a ranch and That's they right. had two spots and I was like hey let's go and he was like I'm down yeah yeah I so couldn't just, go that time we just went out and. And it was fun, but there wasn't much to do. 
Yeah. We hiked around That's a true. little bit, um, but we, we ran out of cannabis pretty early. <laughs> what, uh, this birthday campsite, what's the... The deal is... We're the one you, when you, you reserved, how many people can... What's the max on that one I think site? it's something like it holds five, and then you can pay $5 per person for an extra person. Mm. Something like that, but it might just be up to seven. I don't know. And if it's seven... There's the four other sites still empty the same days at that time. Right, right. So we're trying to like we're, I bought I got one to insure it, but my wife was immediately like, uh, "I think you should get rid of the site you got for your that you picked, and you should get these other two because they're close to one another, and then we'll just get both." And I was like, mm. "So my feelings were in my check-in that I was like I had the feeling of like, but it's my birthday and I this site's the coolest." Because it's the furthest from all the other sites, and it's oh, the yeah. closest to the lake. Like, we'll be able to walk to the lake. Yeah, that sounds cool. And it's like, the rest of it is just wilderness. And so I was like, I want this one. And yeah. then I think we'll have the main thing there. Then if we need another one, people will just walk over to that one. Because right. I think it's going to be a better one. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's hard to know what's best, just from photos. Right, so you got to let go of the best and just go with something. So that's yeah. what I did. I was like, I'm just yeah. going for it. And what's I, your What's your imperfection threshold, right? Yeah, it's not going to be the perfect site. The imperfection threshold is, I my birthday lands on a Sunday, which means let's party Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I'll totally just eat crazy amounts of food and sleep and stuff. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so I'm feeling excited about that. Something I'm cha- feeling challenged with is my foot is still hurting every mm. day. I, I like walking. I, I walk a weird way now because my foot hurts and I cannot jog. And they said it was sprained? Is that I, the I diagnosis? M- I messed up the tendons, uh, tendonitis in the foot. Yeah. So I, I'm you know, still wearing. It might be just a very small fracture, although that would probably hurt a lot more. Like, can you jump up they and down? They x rayed it. Can you jump up and down on it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It just, it's not the greatest. So I wear the boot still, like a, a thing that holds it still, like so it doesn't move. I come home after work and put it on for a while to sort of like let it heal, sort of. Yeah. But I've been like, man, I really want to jog because around here, you don't have to jog very far. Everything's like a 40 degree fucking cliff. Right. So every foot you're going, you're also climbing five feet of elevation. So it's crazy hard running, but you don't have to do it for a long time. Yeah. So I wanted to do some of that, but I haven't been able to for months because of this injury. So that's weighing on me. I went for a bike ride because it doesn't hurt to bike. For some reason, biking doesn't hurt that injury. So what I did was I found a sneaky way across Pomona up over to the mountain over there, and I was riding in these super steep, kind of like training for bike order kind of stuff. Mm. Steep hill. But it wasn't, again, it wasn't for a very long time. It was like 35 minutes. But it was super steep, you know. Yeah. So that that felt good. I sort of got to touch the what was what I was needing, you know. Right. Incri- difficult heart rate, lung, you know, all but that stuff. You can't stuff. run. You can't run. Weird. So it's pulled tendon or something. It's like there are inflamed tendons inflamed. in my foot. Yeah. Huh. So I I I need to consume as much THC as I can. <laughs> right. Seriously. 
it, it does help if I'm does walking help. on it. It does help. Yeah. To reduce inflammation and and I'll keep. And there were some stretches. I, folks, I, I lost the stretches paper the doctor gave me. Like I, I was like, I'll totally look at this. He's like, you'll need it and start this in two weeks. And I can't find that piece of paper. <laughs> so like, I feel a little guilt there. You know, speaking of the check-in, I'm like, I feel a little guilty. Like, oh, where did I put that paper, man? Yeah, you could probably Google something similar. Yeah, I could. Google something similar. I've been trying to strengthen it as much as I can, like walking different angles, different ways, stretching it, moving it around, doing things, like trying to see what hurts and what maybe feels like it's good to hurt and what isn't good. I think I it may lead that I'll need to go to physical therapy. That might be a step. Hmm. Um, so huh. I don't know. We'll see. So my, my check-in includes like, chronic. I'm, I'm mostly feeling pretty good except for this foot is still dang it. So I don't know I'm, people can relate to injuries happening over periods of, you know, half a year where just a, something hurts all the fucking time. I had a hairline fracture in one of my metatarsals. Wait, where's that? It's in your foot. That's one of the, you know, like one of these. Hmm. And I, they thought it was, <coughs> they thought it was sprained at first. Oh, maybe so, I have a fracture. But it was I couldn't like I wouldn't be able to jump up and down on it. So I think if you can jump up and down I can jump up. It's not a and bone down. thing. And I'm climbing upstairs all the time. I yeah. mean like it just it's still it just hurts. Something weird. It, although I will say I got a feeling a little relief the other day because I, I did something that hurt it and it hurt like ten percent less than it normally did. Like I did a step that would normally hurt it a lot. Yeah. And it hurt ten percent less, which I was like, ah, okay, that means I'm moving. That's a, it's slow, but I'm moving. That is a phenomenon. Like, yeah. you just gotta power through the pain, right? Like, <sighs> if you have sensitive teeth, you know, oh, I, you know, it hurts when I bite down on this. What should I do? They'll tell you, keep doing it, keep biting down on. Yeah, sometimes, just sometimes, sometimes strength. Sometimes. So what I want to do is put on my five finger shoes and do little jogs, but oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. Meh, you know, yeah, <sighs> the Vibrams. I, I ran once a couple months ago, and it was I was fucked up after that. It really hurt. So, could you use those uh, shoes for cycling? Weird. What do you Vibram shoes? Yeah. No, because my pedals are spiky and they would poke in. I need like a firmer oh, bottom see. shoe. Okay. So that digs into the spike. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's my that's my check in. That's your check in. Yeah. Thanks for checking in. Thanks everyone for listening. Our check in is done. All right. So, if you, everyone will notice now, the mood's a little different in here. Why's that? You can probably feel it in our voices. I feel like feels like we're it's a, little a little calmer. Different. Yeah, feels a little calmer in here, and maybe calmness is all right. It's why because we turn those lights off. Yes, yeah. we turn the oppressive overhead lights off. They, there was a hum issue, but we also are just trying it out. You know. To see what happens. Yeah, because it has a, you know, you can gradiate it downward, but it totally hums. You guys want to hear it? <laughs> Let's play it for Let's him. play it. <laughs> Here, turn, turn the lights down a little. You guys hear that? It's very slight, but there it is. Yeah, you can hear it. Okay. Thank you. So we're, you know. We're trying we're this, this out. We're running this thing out of a garage, people. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash empathy and imagination. Yeah. 
Um, we're going to be accepting crypto soon. Oh, absolutely. We'll maybe take we'll Steam or Bitcoin. Maybe we'll uh, even make our own tokens. Maybe we will. Who knows? Gradient bucks. You got a you got a topic? I do have a topic. Um, everyone on the live stream knows, and I know listeners listening in the future, you can listen back to that. Today is St. Patrick's Day. Right. What? I feel like it's been quashed. Yeah. Tell me about that. Saint. Let's talk about um, St. Patrick's Day. Because I didn't even know it was St. Patrick's Day today. You didn't even. Aren't you like something percent Irish? Something. Something. Probably. Does that matter? I think we're all about the little fifty percent Irish, huh? Well, you know what? It is a bit fun to take the voice into the Irish accent, but you want to be. You don't want to offend somebody, right? You don't want to culturally appropriate the wrong people. Yeah. But. I myself, yeah. my mother, she went to 23andMe.com and she got her DNA tested. Turns out I'm more than half Irish for real. More than half. Do you know yeah. the exact percentage? I don't know at this moment. But little, it's mostly Irish, then some English, then, of course, a little bit <laughs> Native American. Native American. And a smidge of African Well, American. that's a fucking thing because everybody says, everybody's parents fucking tell them that, uh, that they're a little bit Native American. Somebody got in there at some point. You know, because I heard that. And I think Elizabeth Warren heard that, and Scott Adams heard that. You've heard that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if anyone, yeah. if anyone out there wants to call in, and, and if they know their genetics, um, were you told as a kid that you were partially Native American? Yeah, have we all been told that? I think that's like a traditional. Do you think like it's a true? American tradition? Is it true? I don't know. Huh. I know Scott Adams was told that the Dilbert guy. He was told that, and he did 23 and Me, and it was, no. That he was not Native American at all. You know, it's probably halfway between folklore and halfway between science, you know? Yeah, it's like, because a, pa- it's like a Paul Bunyan thing. It's like uh, American folklore. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, I'm part Native American. Well, that means somebody strong took their, you know, sexual will upon a Native American person, and then... That could, be, and could be consensual. I don't know, but I did find out on 23andMe that my mother's seventh great-grandmother was black, and I was like, well, how do you think that happened? Mm. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? They were in America at that time? Yeah. And so my eighth great-grandmother was black Huh. on my mom's side. And she saw that in the 23andMe Uh results? Yeah. Yeah, my um, sister-in-law um, is did some like ancestry dot com. Okay, I think it was mm-hmm. research into my, uh, you know, me and my brother's family, and um, it's interesting. A lot of southern, a lot of southern boys and girls. Mm-hmm. A lot of south uh, stuff. One of my. Um, one of my ancestors was named Z- Zilfa. Whoa. Portuguese? Zilfa Register. <laughs> Whoa. I think that's what it was. Zilfa Register? Yeah. Yeah. What I think register is like English, as English as you can get. I'm not sure, but that's what I took away. Like, wow, what a, that's a cool name. If I have a kid, maybe I'll resurrect that name. Zilfa Register. Zilfa I think it was Zilfa. Zilfa register. Go clean the dishes. Zilfa. They say with the people with uh, names that are closer to the beginning of the alphabet do better 
in school. For oh, whatever reason, because they're called first and because first they're in called line first and, and first in line, and a lot of times oh, things oh, no, there's are, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, things are by first name or last name. Andrew Clark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I like those initials. Mm-hmm. You have those too. So, what does I have some things on it? But let's first yes. ask St. Oh, Patrick's, yes, Patrick's Day. What does St. Patrick's Day mean to you? Well, do you feel like it's quashed? I didn't even know. Like isn't it? Has there been a war on St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, isn't it offensive now? I mean, isn't everything offensive now? (laughs) Isn't there like a, uh, right? Like Chicago doesn't they don't dye the the river green anymore because it's environmentally not sound and uh, I don't know. I haven't done my research. Dye it with algae, maybe or something. I just remember last year there was all this commotion, this all this uh, controversy. Over St. Patty's oh, Day. Oh, I don't know about the last year controversy, but okay. So with the controversy of St. Patty's Day, um, like I, I remember, I used to think and know that I was at least partially Irish, and then I was like, well, I guess this is like the only heritageal celebration I'm permitted. So I was like, well, let me celebrate it. And then as I started to, as an adult, I realized it was sort of just everyone uses as an excuse to get insanely smashed. And I was living like in San Jose at the time when I kind of first was like, oh, yeah, I That's guess I'm 21. Yeah. And I went out in there and it was like, whoa, this is. <laughs> and then later I learned about like religion and stuff. And then I learned about a little bit about St. Patrick and I was like, yeah, what was his deal? It, well, let's let's touch base on that. Well, you can finish your story there. Um, I can look it up while you tell. No, I have it here. Okay. I did have it. Um, who was St. Patrick? St. Patrick was born in Britain circa A.D. 385. Oh, it's fairly recent. Over 1,600 years ago, at the time the Roman Emperor, of which Britain was a part, was on the verge of collapse. Barbarians were on the move, invading different regions of the empire. Roman legions, large groups of soldiers, of course, had uh, deserted Britain, making mm. it vulnerable to attack. When Patrick was 16 years old. Irish pirates invaded his village, destroyed it, and took Patrick captive. He was put on a ship and found and bound for Ireland. Oh, so he was a British dude? Uh, or Roman? I'm not sure. Well, in Ireland. Ireland he, he was taken to Ireland. Yeah. Okay. In Ireland, Patrick was sold as a slave and put to work as a shepherd for pigs. In those Irish hills... His life was hard for Patrick. He was exposed to harsh climate, nearly starved to death. Uh, he was completely alone, and he turned to God for comfort and companionship. Through prayer, Patrick found great relief. Quote, The love of God and the fear of him surrounded me more and more, and faith grew, and the spirit rose so that one day I would say as many as a hundred prayers in a night only slightly less. Wow, that's a lot. Six years into slavery, Patrick had a vision from God. He was told he returned to his homeland. Not long after, he had another vision and was told his ship was waiting for him. Patrick ran away and traveled more than 200 miles to Ireland's southeast coast and boarded a ship headed for Gaul, modern-day France, where many believe he trained for ministry. Hmm. After returning to his homeland, Patrick received another vision. It was a man named Victitius Victorious came to him holding many letters. Patrick read one of the letters aloud called The Voice of the Irish. 
As he read, he heard Irish voices calling out to him and pleading for his return to Ireland. Huh. Years later, Patrick was a, ordained a bishop, a leader in the church around A.D. 432. Patrick learned, returned to Ireland to start sharing the gospel about Jesus with the Irish people. Mm. Patrick's missionary work over the next 30 years was truly remarkable. He journeyed across Ireland, spreading the gospel, baptizing, confirming countless believers, and founding many churches and monasteries. One of Patrick's mm. missionary strategies was to focus on his efforts on evangelizing Ireland's many tribal kings. Ah. He thought, his thought was that converting the kings would lead to the conversion of their subjects. The strategy proved mm. extremely successful, and many people became Christians. He's like the Johnny Appleseed of religion. He basically, t- he, he, he swarmed, he swarmed the idea of monotheism to all these kings with different, uh, uh, you know, styles of pagan religion. And he was like, yeah. let's all join this one thing. And then they were like, okay. And then Ireland became like, all then became <sighs> Christian before it totally wasn't. So and it became I, super Catholic. Yeah. And that, and so I'm like, not that pumped about the actions of St. Patrick. Right, right. Personally, so what? Yeah. I'm the question not. is how does why does the what's the beer? Why does the drinking come into it? It's just to celebrate. Was he a lush or something? No. Oh. Fuck it. Spreading the gospel in Ireland was far from easy for Patrick. He faced frequent opposition and was constant danger of being killed for his bold faith. Lorcia, also known as Patrick's breastplate is a special mm. prayer of protection that Patrick would say. Many people would read it today because it reminds them of Patrick's confidence in the Lord. Patrick died March 17th, uh, A.D. 461. He's best known for organizing the church in Ireland and spreading Christianity there. So St. Patty's Day is the, is the death day. The day he It's he in died. fact his death day, sir. we be celebrating the day he died. Maybe that's Maybe that's the joke. I mean... I know we there's some debate and I'm prepared for opposition here, but I I think there's a good argument for that uh, Christianity is not the best for people. I think that's my position. I think I think I was if I was bluntly asked, do you think it's overall good? I would say no. And so. And I guess that puts me in the, the, re- the religion. Yeah, the religion. Well, I, I happen to believe that none of the monotheisms are true and that they carry with them a lot of unfortunate baggage. Mm. And I'm all for everyone doing what, whatever they want to do. But if I'm asking myself, which I am, I'm telling that, I'm yeah, I don't, I don't think... Uh, monotheisms uh, such a great idea Mm -hmm. I can understand historically it may have gathered people enough together to get us through certain things I can acknowledge that too but I've too too many of my friends have grown up in just terrible guilt just guilt their whole lives every all of them Jewish Christian Muslim just guilt 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 it's a whole childhood you know it's a it's a powerful currency guilt Mm. but uh there's enough guilt in the world already. We don't need to add to it with stories. Dear friends this? of mine. Oh. 
beggar man and beggar I have been For three score or more in this little Isle of Green I'm known from the Lippy down to Seaview Sure I'm known by the name of old Johnny too Of all the trades going, sure begging is the best For when a man is tired, he can sit down and rest He can beg for his dinner, he has nothing else to do And cuts around the corners with his old rig Sure, I slept till the dawn with holes in the roof and the rain coming through, and the rats and the cats they were playing peekaboo. Who did I wake it but the woman of the house with her white spotted apron and her calico blouse? She began to frighten, and I said, Boo, and don't be afraid, ma'am, it's only Johnny, too. <laughs> Flaxy hair girl one day. Good morning, little flaxy hair girl, I did say. Good morning, little beggar man, and how do you do? With your rags and your tags and your owl rig do. I'll buy a pair of leggings, a collar and a tie, and a nice young lady I'll fetch by and by. I'll buy a pair of goggles and collar them blue, and an old fashioned lady I'll make her too. He's going to turn her into an old fashioned lady? I doubt it. Weird I think ending. it's like the it's like the um, it's like the ending of it's the coda it's like the traditional coda you, just you hear that a lot in that like way. in like Mexican music you hear that too you know that it sounds like we're getting a message are we getting a message it sounds like it that was the Begaman song is it with is it a St. Patrick's Day tradition to hear the song I don't know I just called it up well thank you for doing that I love you always have if you're offended by the way we're speaking right now go ahead and call us at the phone number I think someone was trying to call. Oh. Let's see what we got. Hmm. Well, hopefully you're not offended. I hope not. But that's pretty fun to try to do the Irish accent. Although I've never been there. Let's see what we can see. I guess we had a... Hmm. Sounds like something's going on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hi, this is Claire. I'm not available right now. But I will call you back. Well, that's weird. Okay. 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 So that was a brief interlude to your little Irish story of St. Patrick. So, yeah. um, Yeah, my my topic about St. Patrick's Day is like, well, 
I hope we can find whatever whatever to celebrate. Any reason to celebrate is good for me. Yeah. And you know, here we are. It's like a, I'm wearing green, but I didn't. I also didn't know it was St. Patrick's Day when I got dressed. I didn't know. So, yeah. Is it? Is it? Has there been a war on St. Patrick's Day? I don't know. You know, I don't know much about it, but it seems like there would be right in this climate, this political climate. Uh-huh. What do you remember you happening? You can't die the. You can't die. I think what I remember is that, and I could be completely wrong. So. All you listeners, just fact check me on this. That they don't die the the East River, Chicago River, uh, green anymore, which they used to do because of environmental reasons. And I'm sure someone out there is saying that it's culturally appropriating or insulting to Irish people or something or other. Because we can't just have fun anymore in our society. Everything has to be politicized, right? Um, but I've never really celebrated St. Patty's Day. It's always been like, oh, oh yes, today's St. Patty's Day, you know? Never get, I never got worked up, planned ahead, and did something special. For St. Pa- no, no, I never have. Uh, Aaron Gobra was, but, uh, yeah, I guess we can't get through on that collar. This St. Patrick's Day. Sorry, I'm trying to get this caller to come in, but I'll be able to celebrate celebrate properly for the first time. You? You turning Catholic? As a mixed race woman, I found I often have to assert my claim to the Emerald Isle, but now all that's changing. The other day, after huh. seeing the fantastic film Lady Bird, I had a discussion with a friend about how to pronounce the name of the film's lead. The Irish actress Sarah Ronan, my English friend, was unsure, but said she trusted her Irish-born housemaid's interpretation, who rolled every single vowel around his tongue with skill. Before kissing the name with his lips and pronouncing it, Shia Ursha. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. The, the, the letters don't match up to the sounds in Irish. Gaelic, I guess you'd say. What's that sound? There's some some thudding out there. Should we inspect okay. the thudding? What were you reading there? Just there. This is on the Guardian. This is the, just the thing titled, "The St. Patrick's Day will be able to celebrate properly, comma for the first time." Hmm. My version admittedly came out in an English-Irish hybrid accent that I seem to do whenever I have to say an Irish name. My future will will be called Orlaith or Orla, but I loathe my natural voice when saying this. And my friend was confused, depending on what part of Ireland you're from. I think can be pronounced a little differently. I explained having spent most of my life in the presence of many a dulcent Irish tone via my mother and her extended family, and having watched Ronan explain the same thing during an interview, my friend protested slightly. Her housemate knew he was, as he was, you know, Irish. So something about this, I think she's feeling excluded from Irishness, either, you know, however it happened, you know, who knows. Uh, you know, despite family links, memories of Guinness-stained mm. pub sessions and long, cool stretches of summer, 
It's been under the bombing Bruce skies of West Clare. My claim to country and culture is my blood is something balked at those who still believe Irishness as witnesses are extremely linked. So this person, uh, she's a black lady, but she's also an Irish lady. Mm. And so she's like wanting to right. join in, but like trying to figure out how, you know? Ah, okay. Yeah. Thin it's not, it's yeah. not until the mid-20th century that Irish people became perceived as white in North America. When their demonstration as migrants slowed down, hmm. and over the course of the UK, there were the infamous no blacks, no Irish, no dogs signs. The Irish jokes and stereotypes right. and suspicious during the Troubles. They didn't like each other. At the time, there were some there was some scarcity, I think. Yeah. I think if there was abundance there, they might have liked each other more. But there was hard, it was hard to get all the things. There was a, you guy, know? There was a guy named Mel Gibson who was leading an army of actors. Uh, I guess that was Scotland, though, wasn't it? Sir, Sir yeah. Mel Gibson led an army of actors against uh, the English. The English. Uh-huh. As right. Scotland, yeah. As Scotland. That wasn't an Irish On a thing. movie set. And yeah. then that caused all kinds of problems politically. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if so we can reach that caller. Yeah, okay. There's too many wires. There's a lot going on, I'll tell you that. I will tell you that. There's a lot going on. Today. Thanks for turning that down. That was incredibly painful. The Hello. First time. Hello. I couldn't get through. Hey, well, yeah. you're here now. I don't know what happened. You're I... live on the air. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast for Empathy and Imagination. This is our All uh, right. Claire. Cool. Yeah, you guys were talking about St. Patty's Day. Yeah, happy St. Patrick's so. Day to you, Claire O'Connor. So do you, yeah. can you sport an Irish accent from, is, there, is that culturally appropriate? But I think because we're out. I, I have never heard of this whole cultural appropriation. I think that's, oh, oh wait, hold on. I got to turn off. I can't hear two things at once. Because you're listening to the podcast at the same mute time. Mute the podcast. You got to last. mute it down and then listen to it later. Okay, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I can do an Irish accent. I lived in okay. Ireland for a hey, little while. There's somebody at the door here. There's a lot of inputs. Oh, you keep going. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Um, okay. Um, I'm just trying to think of what I can say. Well, you got anything um, to say about St. Paddy's Day? Yeah, sure. Um, it's an American holiday. I mean, it's an it's a saint's holiday, which there's like a million saint's holidays. But it didn't become – it actually was first publicly celebrated – in Boston in seventeen like thirties. Oh. So yeah. Seventeen so, so it's, it's just that's pretty recent, seventeen thirty. Yeah. So it's a Saints Day and there's people who are like missing home were celebrated it and it became popular here first in the United States. Huh. And I think it's kinda like like an I it's like an American immigrant holiday. Right, like most Americans are immigrants. That's interesting and, that that Irish weren't considered white until. Oh yeah, fairly that's recently. totally true. Yeah, because there's um, like my grandmother, she like grew up in a tenement in New York City. She, a lot of Irish people, Italians, like she. Yeah, uh, yeah that wasn't that was definitely true. It's like, and uh, I mean, white is just an idea. It's not really a real thing. Like if you went back to Greece, ancient Greece, right. like, there's no idea about white people 
brown people, black people. Like that's just, I mean, it's a real thing because it's a real idea, but it's not a real thing, like in actuality. So are the Irish like the mudbloods in Harry Potter? I have I don't know anything about Harry Potter, so I can't okay, really say good. anything about that. Bless your heart. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I always thought but it yeah, was... Yeah, I know. I, know, I, I, I studied I, Irish history. I know a lot, so I just don't know like where you'd want me to start. Uh, well, I so. I just want to say I always thought it was Street Patrick's Day. <laughs> you thought that? No. Okay. No, the we S- didn't. He S- S- period. He's just literary literary joke. Well, why don't you give us maybe a rundown of uh, what do you of you know you know St. Patrick's history? Yeah, we were just going over a little bit of his history, but he was a yeah, slave. He was a British, he's a yeah, he was a British dude who was captured, the slave, um, and then he escaped. Mm. Came up, you know. Um, he was enslaved like, by mean, the Irish. Yeah, I'm. I'm I wonder who he's like because the was, Romans. Like, the Vikings, he was enslaved but, by the Romans. The Romans. Yeah, who were like living in Ireland at the time, and um, they you know they had that can that can have a you know if you're a slave kind of hard times. So became religious while being a slave. And then escaped and became studied Christianity. I mean, I mean, if you want to study back then in the Middle Ages in Europe, the only way to study was to study to be a priest. That, that was the only people that went to yeah. school. Right. The they were the caretakers and, uh, of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, then he went back to Ireland. And I mean, I mean, that was just. Like, yeah, that, that time was a really interesting time because that was like um, kind of like a post. Like, like a Neoplatonist time. So I feel like the Neoplatonist and the rise of Christianity kind of went hand in hand. So that was like, he was like 400 BC. So it was like, I think, I think like Saint John the Baptist, not Saint John the Baptist, but Saint John, like the Greek guy who wrote the, like, like his gospel. I think that was like three something BC. That was a big time for the rise of Christianity, and it was being spread all over. Yeah. All over Europe. I was just, yeah. I mean, that was just the way, that was the way of the world back then. And I mean, it was probably very comforting if you were a slave. So, and it's just like, there's a million saints holidays. Like there's also St. Gertrude's day. She's Mm -hmm. a saint of cats. Like every day there's a different saint's day. And so St. Patrick's, the saint day was there, but like it never became a big celebration Till it was just like used as an excuse for a celebration about being Irish in America, and I mean it was a way for communities to come together. Like the whole corned beef and cabbage mm. thing, like that. There's no corned beef in Ireland. That's an American dish. That's like a cheap cut of meat that you could feed a lot of people with. So, huh. okay. So I think it's like the ultimate American holiday. Yeah, Aubrey but, was saying that too. It is very American. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, it's, and like, it's a big deal here. And how was like where I am? I like to think about how Ireland was doing before St. Patrick convinced all those king, those pagan kings, to convert and ultimately convert all the people. Because you know, before it was like they had just kind of varying pagan religions in the different kingdoms around yeah. in Ireland. And then, yeah, I mean Ireland. I mean, there's still a lot of pagan influence um, in Ireland to this day. And there's lots of really cool pagan ruins. And, yeah, I mean, it was just a group of different clans. 
and they were, you know, but, you know, the Romans would come, the Normans came, the Vikings came, the English came. So Ireland was so. susceptible to getting plundered because of all that water around it, and it was near a bunch of other water, I mean land. Yeah, you know I mean, like geographically, like, it's it's hard to defend, and all the redheads. I mean, that's a scarce resource. Mm-hmm. Thin yeah. skin, you know. Yeah. And well, also like the Gulf Stream, like so, like through megalithic times, like um, if you were to go on the Gulf Stream, like coast of Portugal, coast of Spain, probably southern France, like, and you were a fishing vessel, like that is a good route. Like the Gulf Stream would take you to the west coast of Ireland. So, like, my grandmother's last name is, like, the same as, like, a Spanish Basque last name. Huh. So there's a lot of, like, you know, Ireland was, like, yeah, for for a long time has been, you know, there's a lot of contact with the rest of Europe. Is your... And, like, the Irish Sea is very small, like, between, like, England and Ireland. It's very, very small distance. So... Yes, it is. So it's an island, but it's not, it wasn't isolated. I don't know, it's an interesting, it has like, I mean, there's an interesting history, I think. But I mean, I grew up Irish, and I grew up in a very, the most Irish town in the United States. You grew up in the most Irish town, your very Irish name, you're Milton, right? Yeah, it's like the highest, even to this day, it's the highest percentage of people who claim Irish ancestry of any Place in the so you're States. you're definitely Irish then, and you yeah. went you went to Ireland and didn't know where and you did you went all over Ireland but you didn't go to where your family was from because you didn't know it at the time right? I knew like I had family in Mayo and Leitrim but I didn't know. I mean it was kind of like I was there. It's really small, and I met a lot of people. I didn't know like my family, but. Now I do know some some of my family, so I would go and see them. But, I mean, it was a place where I just kind of can play it by ear and just, like, go to people's houses and meet people. What's your favorite part of Ireland? What's your favorite aspect? I've never been there. Favorite part of Ireland? Hmm, that's a good question. Like, what what facet of its culture and all that? What's your favorite, like, aspect I think my favorite part is just, like, being able to go to someone's house and, like, they'll just, like, make you tea and whip out some, like... What? You just knock on a random person's door and they'll give you tea? Yeah, pretty much. Really? I mean, it's just, like... I mean, not random, but, like, you know, like, if you're just, like... Hospitality? If I went to Ireland now, I could go... Yeah, there's a lot of hospitality. A lot of people... I think people are... Like, you guys were talking before about, like, oh, you know, is this cultural appropriation? And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, that's that's a... I think that's a West Coast Berkeley thing, like or like I, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. In Ireland, just to be clear, I don't think like, it's person. I don't think it's a cultural appropriation. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. Like I mean, Ireland's super chill. They're like, even though I mean, religion has like ruled Ireland like for a long time. I feel like the the Catholic part of it is where all the guilt and yeah. For a long time, the like, women couldn't thing. get divorced and yeah. all this other crazy stuff. Gays were going to be murdered, you know. Um, but I think, you know, as a people, they're just very down-to-earth, very funny, just looking at the absurd side of life. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I, no one's, like, because you were talking about the 
like Chicago just died the River Green like an hour ago. Oh, they oh, did okay. do it. So I was yeah, I was totally wrong on that. They did it. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh Aubrey just, thought they canceled it because they hate Irish people. <laughs> no, it's like and like the Irish people are not easily offended. They're definitely not easily offended, and um. I mean, it's hard to pick what part, but one of my favorite places to go in Ireland is um, this place. It's a megalithic ruin called um, Newgrange, and it's like, you know, so it's from before the pyramids, huh. and it is. Um, is that near the Giant's Causeway? Of, no, it's not near the Giant's Causeway, but that is, is very cool. The West Coast is like you—you you can't go wrong. But I mean, it's—it's it's a very small area, so you can drive all over Ireland, but. Um, within a day pretty much you can, um, you can see the whole country in a day it's smaller than like like i live in massachusetts it's, the republic of ireland is smaller than massachusetts and mm. i can drive the length of massachusetts and like from where i am like in like three and a half hours not even have so. you heard the phrase massive two shits yes i have okay <laughs> That's, yes, I have. That's, that's <laughs> very. Funny. I've heard it many times okay. in my life. Okay, cool. I was wondering if that was a West um, Coast thing. And and I am not. I am not um, offended by that at all. You know. Um, dang it. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like I'm. Um, I'm not offended either. You know, I'm not easily offended. And it's like I was talking about cultural appropriation. And uh, you know, making the Irish accent, you know, making the Irish accents, and you know, what's someone to be offended? Like, I mean, there's oh, many, there's Ireland. many different Irish. It's it's hard. There's many different Irish accents. Of course, so. and I mean, I'm barely, I'm barely, I've never been there, so I mean, I'm yeah. just touching the surface. Mm. But uh, yeah. I would like to go. It would be cool to go. It's a place I've never been. Uh, it's very cool. Oh, I got I'll do an Irish accent. Okay. Um, yeah. So what what would you what like do you to call... do when you're out there when you're visiting Ireland? You know. What do I like to do? Yeah, in an Irish accent. In an Irish accent. Well, I'll tell you a joke in an Irish accent. Okay, so go not... right Okay. Um, what do you call three um, Irish lumberjacks? Green choppers. Sh- Sean, Patrick, and Ryan. Three fellows. <laughs> oh, nice. Pretty good. Tree fellers. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so you say, like, three Tree is like, yeah. Tree, you know. yeah. I get it. It's good. That's good. You know, Tree filler. I get like it. Like, where's good. the crack? You might be like, where's the crack at? If you wanted to know, like, where to go at night. Like, where's the crack at? That's like, where's it Where's it happening? The crack yeah, is where it's the, happening. Where's the fun? Where's the fun? So, where's crack is fun. Like, your show, it's good crack. Oh, like, but not like crack, like, <laughs> not like crack is black, just like, it's like yeah. Gaelic. Because, like, a lot of people, like, like I know my great grandmother, she spoke Gaelic was her main language, and so your great grandmother you know, spoke Gaelic as her main language, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you have recordings or of her like pictures or I mean is no. that no? There's pictures, no, but there's no recordings. I mean, she didn't do any podcasts. I've heard a lot of uh, homosexuals are Gaelic. <laughs> And most homosexuals would not be offended by that. Right, right. My yeah. good friends who yeah. were gay would laugh at that. Yeah, I think you guys are the ca- where you guys live is the capital of being offended. Oh, it's the next. Oh man, PC that's that's that they tease us about that. They go, you go to San Francisco, you, you know, you get to, like Tom Segura's joke. He's like, yeah, you know, you go to Texas and kind of people are, at th- you think that's how they're like, you know, you go to California, you're like everyone's easily offended. You're like, yeah, I know. It's like they joke about it, and uh, it's true. Yep. 
So I think it's our job to kind of to build muscle and grow out of that as much as we can. Yes. It's our job. Or as in Ireland, taking you're taking the piss out of everybody. Taking the piss. Yeah. Cause it, right. See, see, but I'm not really offended very often. I've, being offended is usually like a last resort. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I was offended. Yeah, I'd rather just disagree and discuss. Yeah, just like, like let's talk about sure. it. Sure. I mean, just yeah. Because yeah. I mean, they say you know you have a power. I mean, to be offended, it's like you are choosing like to be offended. It's like we have power over how we think about an idea or think about something. Right. So it's like. When we're offended, it's like we're choosing to be offended. It's usually virtue, I mean, virtue might, signaling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it always is virtue signaling. Oh, I, mean, I, want, I think that's an, always. Not always. Yeah, nothing is always. I wanted to ask right, you like, if you could hear the the uh, song, the band that was at the beginning of the show. At the beginning, yeah, you guys were great. You guys were amazing. Or I mean, those other guys. Whoever they were. They were good. They were really good. Good. I'm glad because we can, we actually can't hear it when we play the video back. Switcher doesn't let us hear it when we're playing it. So back. I'm just uh, making sure that it actually went out. Thank you. Cool. cool. Well, I mean, is there anything you want to know more about St. Patty's Day? Well, I mean, okay. So you you actually are maybe a good person to have on about this because you're from the most Irish town. You have the most extreme Irish name, and you definitely are Irish. Mm-hmm. So you. You kind of just said publicly that the Irish aren't offended <laughs> by what's going on no. about St. Patrick's Day. So I, th- I think we're basically in the green. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're I think we're green. in the I mean, green. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, William Butler Yeats said something, something like, oh, I'll find it. He had a funny quote. I mean, the Irish just have a sense. It's like. They've had enough problems. They're like offend. Like they've had real things to deal with. So it's like they're not <laughs> yeah. gonna be like right. offended by, um, you know. And I think I you know. I think people as a like a culture, not everybody, but people in generally see the absurdity. And that, yeah. ex- that explains so, a I lot mean, of like the East Coast sort of attitude too. You could see that. People aren't easily offended in New York and Massachusetts. Well, that's the comedic East, attitude Eastern seaboard. Well. Yeah, comedy does that too. They they pull out the absurd and and they go, "What do you you know? What are you gonna do about it? Nothing. You laugh about it." So I mean, I think that's yeah, one next... of the things. Wait, what was that? I didn't hear it. Comedy brings out absurdity to the light and uh, lets it lets it go. Yeah, I mean, Irish are very funny people. Oh, okay, William Butler Yeats, who was. He was like a kind of an upper class, like Anglo-Norman Protestant, but um, poet. He said, being Irish, he had an abiding sense of tragedy, hmm. which sustained him through temporary periods of joy. It's so fucking clever, isn't it? What is it? It's so fucking clever. Yes, and like Oscar Wilde, like he's Irish. He said a lot of funny things and. I don't know. I think I wrote something on Facebook today that Flan O'Brien said on um, on being an Irish, which I thought was funny. They seem to have an appreciation for the absurd. Yes. You see I that. Uh, see that in other other cultures too, but uh, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. An Irish. Some cultures more than others, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think I, I like funny cultures. I mean, not to be elitist or anything, but you know. Yeah. Good to laugh. Elitism yeah, is a today, strange topic. What is it? Elitism is a strange, skewing topic. 
Because what does it mean? I'm an elitist about drumming, but it doesn't mean that others can't be, or you know what I mean? Like, I think we're all elitists. Yeah. The kind of call, no, I, I mean, to I call just, someone an elitist is, is misleading, I think. Yeah. I was just saying, I don't want to be elitist thinking that funny cultures are the best, but I enjoy them. Cultures that well, include comedy in the display of the culture. One of my favorite cultures that's not funny is penicillin. <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. One of my I'm favorite, having trouble here. One of my favorite uh, cultures which is not a funny culture, is penicillin. (laughs) (laughs) You're a funny guy. Uh, guy. A mushroom mushroom would be a fun guy. Yes, definitely. Oh, boy. I should should let you guys get back to your podcast. But there was a – okay, there's one quote by Flan O'Brien that I liked. Leave us with a nice quote. Yeah. Oh, there's one on bicycles. I'll find that one first. Well, nobody here likes bikes, so <laughs> yeah, get that out of here. Okay. See, that's comedy, absurd, good joke, right? But I don't know. Like, is it? But like, where I am, um, oh no, I'm not going to be able to find it. But where I am, like, do, like, were you guys? Did you guys like when you grew up? Did you guys celebrate St. Patrick's Day in school? Yeah. 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 Because like. At, at work yesterday, like we celebrated St. Patrick's with like the kids I work with. So the kids get uh, drunk, or yes, they do. Fuck yeah! Um, yeah. Once a year. Okay. Are you telling okay, me they wouldn't have gotten drunk in Ireland? <laughs> they would have. They probably would've. actually. Actually, Why? I was reading a little bit about St. St. Patty's in Ireland. Like they started celebrating it in the twenties. Just they were cop, but basically they were copying the Americans. But the bars would be closed. It was like a day, like a, a like a day to have like a military parade. It wasn't like a day to like drink. So like the whole drinking mm. thing, that's I don't so, know. And like I'm not even gonna go out tonight because I mean everywhere in Boston is gonna be crazy and yeah. people are gonna be like right, right, up. right. Gonna be I was sharing that I, I I started that in San Jose and so San Jose had a million people in it when I was there. Mm-hmm. And you'd go out and like it was just you go St. Patrick's Day and you're like you can't even walk anywhere like you ordering your drink takes half an hour it's just insane and you're like yeah who yeah. I, you can't even talk to anybody people love an excuse to drink and that's what that is and it was just so everyone was so more drunk than usual they didn't know they were on a level everyone yeah. was like push it or people who never drink come out and drink and it's right, like right you're gonna it's feel like, bad man bro yeah so it's the time to do something else i got irish soda bread I'm going to eat at my oh, friend's house. I'm jellies. I'm my wife's making bread right now, actually, also a live yeah. bread. Have you ever had some mashed peas? Do you guys have soda bread? Yeah, in the city, there's a restaurant I really like called the Copper Kettle. It's in the Sunset, actually. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. it has amazing Irish food and soda bread. They just they give you with everything, oh, cool. and it's good, and they make it there. Yeah, I love soda bread, and I, I love like brown Irish. bread. Really Shout good. out to the Copper Kettle. You sort of need to eat. Irish food like once a week and not eat anything else all week because <laughs> it's so it's so oh man the corned beef like corned beef hash yeah, and corned eggs beef mashed potatoes the breakfast but teas, as I said corned beef is not Irish I know it's not but Irish. they make it now and it's yeah. good it's Irish American so that's so cool heavy yeah. starchy food yeah Love a lot it. of potato 
Well, thank you, Claire. I love a boiled. Okay, I'll leave you with this quote. I'll leave you guys alone. And I'm sorry if I like interrupted. It's like hard hearing you guys um, from the phone. That is. But You're not, great. But the podcast on Facebook is. I mean, it's the sound is really great. Okay, this is the quote. The gross and net result of it is that the people who spent most of their natural lives riding on iron bicycles over the rocky roadsteads of this parish get their personalities mixed up with the personalities of the bicycle as a result of the interchanging of atoms of each of them. And you would be surprised at the number of people in these parts who are nearly half people and half bicycles. When a man lets things go so far that he's more than half bicycle, you will not see him so much because he spends a lot of time leaning with one elbow on walls or standing propped up by one foot on curbstones. And that's just Surreal. an Irish author that I like. Surreal. Oh, yeah, what an so Im- oh, that image hurts my taint. So <laughs> yeah. thank you. Taint yeah. complaint. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for calling in. Thank you for calling. Thanks for okay. giving us your time. And I, I, uh, I hope you call again soon. Uh, have a great podcast and thanks for having me on thank all right you. thanks bye. bye bye nice little, little saint patty's background yeah okay i think now it's time for um our next uh, musical project and then a word from our sponsor first though <laughs> okay final corp final corp we gotta hear a word final from our corp this episode is brought to you by Final Corp. 50 years of experience, over 50 flavors of mayonnaise, and a new mayonnaise-based cryptocurrency, which they just came out with, yeah. based on the Mayo chain technology. Uh, it's like Final you, Corp. Yeah, I mean, you take the products, you've got egg production, and you got olive oil production, you need salt, you need vinegar, and you need a little bit of mustard. Those are basically the ingredients of mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you mix those together and you need the supply chain. So Final Corp is actually figuring out a way for a global unified supply chain of mayonnaise. So all of those ingredients where they're available globally are connected to the net where they source them for maximum mayonnaise Mm -hmm. production. Pretty soon you'll be able to print your own mayonnaise from Mm -hmm. your 3D printer. Absolutely. Final Corp. It'll be fine. Final Corp. 50 years of experience, 50,000 flavors of mayonnaise, no compromises, no refunds, no integrity. Final Corp. It will be fine. Please help us slide mayonnaise onto food. Thanks, Final Corp. As always. Are you guys ready? Wow, that was fantastic! Thanks again, by it's kind of good. That was just fantastic. Good job, guys. Yeah. So, um, cool. Welcome back, everybody. And you know, <clears throat> Aubrey, do you have a topic? Well, you want to talk about habitable worlds? Ooh, yeah. So. I guess that would include Earth. Okay. What else we got in the in the solar system? Okay, habitable places where we could live. Hospitable, yeah. Well, you know they currently, say like that are already set up that we don't have to change. Don't have to change. So, well, as far as we know, I think that's just Earth. Then, yeah, might maybe Europa. Europa, 
Europa is a moon of Jupiter with a crust. There's and no atmosphere, but though, the crust, is there? the crust um, seems to doesn't line up like some of the things. So they think that the crust is actually floating and that there's an ocean in between. In between the surface of the the ice surface of the moon and then it's ocean and then like the core of the planet. So there's a They don't know that, but that's that that's but the moon, not a planet. It's a moon. It's a moon, but it's a huge moon. And it's basically so it's basically Does it a have a molten lava core? I mean a core? moon can be a planet. Does it have a molten lava core? Is that what they're suggesting? It probably does, yeah. Most planets do. But it's a moon. Gas giants don't have uh don't have cores, I don't think, like yeah. that. But uh, like Saturn. it's a moon, yeah. But it's but Jupiter's so huge that its moons are are themselves gigantic. You know, it has something like eighteen moons. Anyway, Europa is a possibility. You could burrow beneath the ice, a submarine, and then you know live <coughs> in the ocean underneath the ice. In a submarine, or in, there wouldn't yeah, be I air know, habitats or something. Yeah, yeah, it has to be submarines if, or something. If indeed there is a liquid water subsurface ocean on Europa. Well, I think we that. need to send a drilling submarine team to go find out. Yeah, yeah, or like a nuclear missile that could slowly, or a nuclear-powered like missile, at, like satellite or something. Just buzz its way down or melt its, its way down? Yeah, it would just melt its way down and sink under its own weight and then go into the subsurface ocean and explore and send back data that sounds like an awesome idea so habitable worlds we've got earth and potentially that moon yeah europa that sounds cool but then after that i'm afraid the prospects are pretty bleak it's like if i'm thinking what well, wasn't there okay but alpha centauri is the next closest star right 250 light years i think and isn't it true that we don't know if it has any type m planets right not sure but isn't it true that There's we don't a know? We do know a lot more about how to detect those types of planets than we did five years ago. So, is it do are we sure there's no planets around Alpha Centauri that could sustain carbon life? I don't think we're one hundred percent sure. Yeah. So on any, of these I'm going to put that in as like half a hay penny, maybe. That's worth a half a penny of maybe. Yeah. That that could be right there too. Because we could live, you could live on a harsh world, but what worlds could we just sort of move into, right? We need something that's class M. Class M exoplanets, and it would be cheaper and quicker to terraform a planet than it would be to travel to 250 light years to another galaxy. You think so? Or another system. Uh, Probably. Uh, Probably. It's so far away. It would probably be faster to terraform Mars than it would be to get to Alpha Centauri with our current technology. Yeah. Totally. We could be trying both, but we would finish here before they got there with our current rocket technology. Even with Tesla super rockets. Or we would figure out some new form of space travel and like we would get to the place that they're still traveling to. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because of technology, we have 250 years to advance our technology, so space travel would would advance. I mean, why not have warp drive? It might not be called warp drive, but 
but it could be something like you know folding space engines yeah and if uh, engine folding engines something uh wormholes yeah fold space he, uh, Stephen Hawking me. yeah Stephen Hawking died he he thought there were wormholes he's probably right I hope Stephen Hawking has a long death There are a lot of exoplanets, uh, a lot of confirmed discoveries. A total of 3,743 exoplanets? confirmed exoplanets. What's an exoplanet? That are listed in the Exosolar Planet Encyclopedia. An exoplanet is a planet outside our solar system that orbits a star. The first evidence of an exoplanet... Um, Oh, they're just saying exoplanet is any other planet that's yeah. outside our system. Yeah. But um, there are Earth-type exoplanets. Like Earth-type, like M-type? Yeah, class M. Okay. And that's what I mean by habitable worlds. So here's a, here's an image. Of something called the habitable zone. Whoa. So that's the Goldilocks zone where Earth-type planets exist. And it's where there's a stable orbit. We got uh, sunlight, not too much, not too little. And we have an atmosphere. So there how many... core, you know. So, how many are there? Yeah, in the Goldilocks zone. Um, I think three that three thousand number. That well, three hundred thousand number that we found. Three thousand. Three thousand, that we found in the Goldilocks zone around stars. Really? Yeah. How I think so. We I think so. I'm looking through this. Because uh, I'm like, all right, that sounds pretty interesting. I didn't know that's what was going on, you know. Huh. Um, yeah, I could be wrong about that, but it's, <laughs> it sounds I mean, good. just think about how many, how many stars there are in the sky. You think it's implausible that there'd be 3,000 that would be similar to Earth? I think that's not, I don't think that's implausible. I'm just like, are they, I mean, can we see them? Are we like bouncing light off of them and we can tell what they're made of and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And they pass, they pass in front of their, like you're looking at a sun and you see something pass in front of it. And it's like, okay, that's, you know, you figure out that that's a planet. And then by, by uh, spectral analysis or something. They can see the the atmosphere of the planet, yeah, spectral you know, analysis light in some kind of way, yeah. and you can see. Oh, okay, that means that, that atmosphere has carbon or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wow! So then we're surrounded by M-class planets in our own galaxy. Yeah, and the problem, the problem always comes back to time, and because time is space, right? Because it's just going to take so long. <coughs> it's going to take two hundred fifty years. 
by light speed to get to Alpha Centauri. And you can't Whoa. go light speed. So it would take us at, at current of technology. It would be like, you know, thousands of years. <coughs> Is it really thousands? Because how fast can the, the BFR go? It can go pretty fast. How fast can it go? Like 9,000 miles an hour or mm. something like that? Well, uh, Voyager's Voyager is still going, and that's what thirty years, probably forty years, probably. And uh, and it's like just just outside our solar system, hmm. you know. And so here's our solar system. Here's the Alpha Centauri, and Voyager after forty years is like right here. But is the BFR faster than Voyager? What's the BFR? Is that the Tesla? Yeah, uh, thing. That's the. It's big probably one. faster. Yeah, it's probably faster. How fast? I wonder what the current. But even if it was ten times faster, this would be hundreds or hundred times faster. It still would take more than two hundred fifty years to get to Alpha Centauri. Yeah. Take super long time. It, it would. It would. Yeah, it might be thousands. Dang it. Yeah. Okay. Planetary hab <clears throat> habitability. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the trick. You know. So you need an energy source if you want a habitable planet. Okay. Habitable planets need an energy source, like internal or external? Or they must be external. An, abs an absolute requirement for life is an energy source. And uh, the, the notion of planetary habitability implies that many other geophysical, geochemical, and astrophysical criteria must be met before an astronomical body can support life. NASA has defined the principal habitability criteria as extended regions of liquid water. Conditions favorable for the assembly of complex organic molecules and energy sources to sustain metabolism. That's pretty concise. Um, SETI has a project, Project Phoenix. And that's... Um, Basically trying to uh, find suitable star systems for life. Sorry. You good? And uh, yeah, the moons of some gas giants could p potentially be habitable. Uh, let's see if they bring up Europa. Are you okay? I'm good. Let's keep going. Scientists' consensus is that a layer of liquid water exists beneath Europa's surface, and that heat from tidal flexing allows the subsurface ocean to remain liquid. So Europa's icy crust is very hard because the temperature is so low. But because of the temperature differential, there might be a zone, a subsurface ocean, which would be completely dark, but it could be uh, liquid and not ice. So, habitable worlds. Would you go on a one-way trip to a habitable world? 
to an exo-earth, would you go, if you could, one way? We're going to call up another song here. Bear with me. Happy St. Patty's Day, everybody. error. It's still recording, I think. Let's all finish the song. I flapped my. I have a sinus problem there, and uh, I thwapped my nose hard. And then some, I also have like a thin membrane, which I was like born with, and so sometimes my nose bleeds. So I thwapped my nose to bleed. To bleed. And you know, 
it uh, it's a sinus from being a flight attendant. The sinuses got oh, pretty jacked, right. pretty jacked. That's the cause of that chronic. Most of it, yeah, mainly. But uh, yeah, so we're back, and I think it's time. We're back. I think that I mean that might be our show. We yeah. talked about uh, habitable worlds. Habitable worlds. Yeah. Well, let's. Would we didn't go, finish habitable. We didn't worlds. really finish it, but yeah. there's Europa in our own backyard, potentially, yeah, potentially, and um, there's a system called Trappist One, I think, that has supposedly has a a ton of planets, and a lot of them are potentially Earth type. Trappist One. Yeah. Where? How far away is this? Uh, let me call it up real quick. Bear with me. Is it a beer place? Do they like... Right. Do they have beer there? Trappist one. Whoops. Dang it. You know, it presents you with a list, right? And then you go to tap on the one that you want, and then the list populates more. Like another one pops up. So you end up clicking on the wrong one. Does that happen to you? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Freaking. Tricks you. Like you go to click the thing and then... <laughs> yeah, that's... Something else is above <laughs> it. You're like, fuck. I gotta go back and click it again. All right. Trappist 1 is an ultra cool. <laughs> this this red dwarf star is ultra cool. <laughs> Slightly larger, but much more massive than the planet Jupiter. Okay. So that's not that big in terms of a sun, for a sun. And it's... 39 light years from the sun and it's in the constellation of Aquarius. Seven temperate terrestrial planets have been detected orbiting the star. That's really so close. So that's only 39 light years. But that's wh- why So you could potentially get there in 100 years probably with, I don't know probably way less than that but, uh, but way I more than that. But Alpha Centauri was like the closest thing. How is this closer than that? Uh, Alpha Centauri is a galaxy, I think. Is that right? It's a star. Know. It's the closest star besides our sun. Alpha Centauri. Okay. Well, then this is why is this saying 39.6 light years? That's what anyway. I'm saying, man. Maybe that's wrong. Anyway, it has a bunch of planets around it <laughs> that might be Earth type. That's the important thing here. Um, which is, you know. If you're gonna go to a, if you're gonna go to another solar system and set up shop for life, all the better if there's seven planets there. Yes. That you could just totally set up Move and network around to. You know, you'd have interplanetary uh, internet networks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would be like neighborhoods. Planetary neighborhoods. Planetary neighborhoods. Oh, yeah, I lived on the water planet for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I lived on the desert planet. Did yeah. some cool did drugs. did a sabbatical on the desert yeah. planet. I did some cool drugs. <laughs> then I went to the mountain and mountain lake planet. It's a planet of mountains with lakes. And it's all spread out. You can just hunt and camp. Went there a lot. Went to government planet. <laughs> Not very much. Very little would I go just to government wasteland. Planet. It's just like 
like it's you're just in line and there's just stacks of paper and it's just there's a line. Transit photography, that's all right. Um Yeah, so Trappist one, that's a good candidate. And that's a pretty recent discovery. Hmm. Tightly packed exoplanets. So due just to due to harmonically resonant orbits. So they're just swirling around this star? Yeah, this like small star has a bunch of planets that are revolving around it. And a lot of them are in the Goldilocks zone. Yeah, let's go there. Can we take okay. the BFR over there? That'd probably only take like... Should I call Elon Musk yeah, now call or later? No, call him now. Okay. Let's see if he's down. I'm ready. All right, let's see. Elon Musk. He said he was going to call me today anyway. I bet he'll pick up. One second. This is in the 1740s. I think... Oh, there he is. Oh. Is that him? Is yeah. That, that might be him. Hello, this is Elon Musk. <laughs> is that hey, you, Elon? Where the hell are me lucky charms? <laughs> oh! I've been looking all over for them, but can't find them. Someone said me lucky charms would be at the end of the rainbow, but I don't see them there. The bloody wind is lashing me face and me shoes are falling apart and I just want to find me lucky charms. Hmm. Damn it all to hell. Well, thanks, Elon. Um, I'll see you on the golf course. Yeah, he had a. Uh, he must have been celebrating St. Patrick's Day already because he yeah. sounded like he had a little bit of an Irish accent there. Automated, uh, like an automated uh, stand-in for yourself. Oh, Imagine okay. that you have like an Alexa, but it's but it has like it's programmed with like uh, <laughs> some of my sayings or something. You know, things you say or things you do to respond for you. So Ooh. you just stick it there, like yeah, I'll be, I I can't make the party, but here's my here's my uh, <laughs> Amazon avatar. <sighs> okay, so you get your, your Amazon avatar has your voice responds how you might respond based yeah. on your responses. Like people can s maybe schedule things with it or like ask you questions. Mm -hmm. You know, and you get a little note wherever you are, you get a little notification. Oh, so and so is requesting a meeting, or they want to get lunch or something. There That's interesting, huh? Huh? It's the future. Imagination. 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 So that's exoplanets. Okay. And habitable worlds. So it, I, I feel like there's some other half of the story you're not telling us. Would you go one? Would you take a one-way trip to a? You know, let's say let's say the mountain lake planet exists. Mm -hmm. Confirmed, and it's Earth-like. It's just all wilderness. Would you go? Would you take a one-way trip there, or what? What might be a one-way trip? It might be round trip if the technology gets better. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, like if it was something like you know, if it could be me and my family. And it could be there for somewhere between like one and five years and then come choose to come back or not. What if it took like six months to get there or something? 
I would consider it. There's a lot of mountainous land here. The thing is, what there's be the... so much mountainous yeah. land here in California that you could just go and do that right here. It's true. So t- if that was full, but it, like, could be, it would be your own. It would be you own as much land as you can see, pretty much. You know, I think my need for community would supersede the okay. desire for ownership. I think that I would want to be near other other groups. Right. But if maybe if it's it a whole, f- it's a whole gaggle of people. Yeah, that's what I'm maybe saying. Maybe it's like a thousand colonists. Yeah, maybe you went, you made a group of a thousand super cool people. Say they were burners and they had experience. Right. And you yeah. Brought the a, Burning Man planet. Uh huh. You go there and do that. Yeah. If there was, if you're gonna try like a, gov- a Burning Man government planet, I would oh, definitely man, go be there. Fucked. I would what totally do you think go would there. Happen? I think there would be it, uh, there would be some troubles and we'd have to iron some things out, but it would be generally better. I think it would it would you don't be think hard. It would, it would devolve into like a Mad Maxian. No, wasteland. I think if we stuck by the ten principles and then had a way to evolve them, I think and we kept the three. You know, the things. how do you how do you enforce that? How do you free speech? Yeah, scientific method and the golden rule. Right, that's how you enforce it. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You just encourage those. To those would be how what you would enforce that, that you'd have to have some enforcement. Right, you have to enforce a good free way speech. to enforce those things. It, that's like. That's kind of what religion does. It's a, it's a good way. It's hmm. storytelling to enforce those, uh, you know, ideas that that our forebear, forebears thought were good ideas. That's true. It's like let's that, tell that's a com- religion tool. I let's, agree. Let's tell a compelling story mm-hmm. so that people will remember it, and so we can encourage this behavior. That's true. But um, so that's interesting. If you could do it, if you could do it, uh, so with a, if if it's necessary that. Religion has to be involved in that story-making process. If we had a Ten Principles forest and lake planet, what do you think would be one of the first things that would go south? Hmm. It would be culture shock. It would be... Mm. You'd want to go to downtown. You'd want to go to Times Square. You'd get you'd these miss longings. Times Square. Like, yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's go in. The, you want to go in the city this weekend? Uh, well, it would be like, center. There camp. is no city. Yeah, it'd it's be just center. all wilderness all the time. Well, we'd build a center camp. You know. Right. Right. We that would be the city because that's what we would do. But I think people would. That's where the most the most shock would be psychological. Yeah. <clears throat> to only have a group like of seventy thousand sick, people homesickness <laughs> basically dri- driving people insane. Yeah. Literally insane. Um, or maybe a scarce resource is is community becomes a scarce resource. Hmm. There's only a thousand people, and it seems like a lot, but then once you land on the planet, you realize that it's kind of not that many people. Or something, yeah, you know? I mean, that's what I'd say. Seventy seventy thousand sounds pretty good. It would be like immediate. Uh, it'd be like high school immediate, like uh clicks and there there would and, be a, and there would be relationship clicks but then there would be i think it would be like a clip yeah, and then it would stabilize because there there the, there'd be the camps right because yeah. there are camps and then they would have there would be you'd have to it would be hard it wouldn't be easy but it would be better if you had a plan if you had a system with seven planets it would be unethical to do this but you could like run um you could like do do like beginning of life simulations. You know, you could be ru- running simulations on populations. Um, Absolutely. Who aren't aware of you? Who aren't aware of you? You're just observing these these populations grow, and 
how they change and you're just studying them. It's like godlike. Yeah. That would be very uh Federation. The Federation does that. You know how they observe they don't populate the planets, but you know how they observe they do that. Oh, other yeah. cultures but mm-hmm. but they can't interfere because it's the prime directive. But then the technology breaks and people fall out of the yeah. the duck blind and then someone's head gets smashed in. It's just you can't be doing data that. goes data loses it, right? Yep. Few times. Damn. So that's habitable worlds. Okay. Well, it's a, ri- it's a really ripe uh, topic. It's important. It's as big as the universe itself. Yeah. Trappist okay. one, I think, is our best hope. Well, Trappist let's one. let's get there. Let's let's build a bicycle camping apparatus. We can pedal our way there. Mm. Space, space space pedaling. Bike. Yeah. I mean, how seriously? How impossible is that? If we I can, don't think it's impossible at all. You could totally so do what it. we do is we build a vessel. It have to be built at the center up there already. Right, right. It, it w- we'd have to ship parts up on Tesla ships to build this thing. And I think what it is, it's like a, you know, it's spaceship shaped, but it's got this main room. It's really comfortable, high ceilings, lots of fans. There's bicycles, and by you riding the bicycles, it powers the mm. gener- generates mm. watts. Mm. Something, something. So you're like pedaling your fucking way to. Yeah, yeah. You could have like giant, uh, like giant uh, solar sail wheel. Mm-hmm. Solar sail wheel, man. Yeah, like it's so like, like a steamship. Sp- uh, when they have the the wheel in the front that. See, we need the whiteboard the here. Name now. for it. So you can Fun draw paper. this. I wish we had that whiteboard. Yeah. We're, we're gonna work on getting a whiteboard. So you could be, you could actually be in your spacesuit on a bike, but the wheels are, you know, gigantic. Oh, Sail. Uh, so you're in open space thanks. except for your suit. <laughs> right, Jesus. right. So you're rough. actually biking. So, yeah. so rough. Yeah. I'm more mean like, but there's like a promenade and, oh, yeah, yeah. you the know, luxury there's like, luxury you know, cabins, sure. you know, but it's, but we're pedaling and everyone pedals right. like thousands of people pedal and that's why it works that's like the rower the rowers of the ship they're all people are working out but they're also generating energy for the ship energy for the ship mm-hmm. maybe all of it didn't come from that but in a pinch you might fucking need it you know what i'm saying yeah so maybe you're covered so you in solar batteries. array you have batteries of course you have batteries but maybe you're you got you got a solar array too so you're you know when you always be collecting Final Corp says always be injecting. Maybe you'd be right. always, always be, be sliding. Collecting. Always be sliding. The sliding mayonnaise on the sliding mayonnaise on the sliding mayonnaise on the food. Always be injecting. So then maybe we can have a, a hybrid solar slash human powered comfort estate that has several cabins and there's a kitchen and a stage and, you know, it might take three or four generations to get yeah, there, you know, fucked. that's the, that's that's the hard part, you know, because then you you're and my great granddaughters Dodzers would be unrecognizably human. They will have never their skin will have never been touched by the star. Yeah, you know, that's pretty weird. That's pretty weird. You could think of Earth that way. It's like a generational ship, but it's you know, millions of generations. The Earth, yeah. Well, if we could, can we steer Earth closer to other planets and like just ride, you know, take a ride mm. right here? 
Maybe eventually, if we could, if we could like slam planets and suns into each other, and create <laughs> massive explosions and direct the shockwaves, suck, and yeah, have it su- suck us a direction, or like break our orbit, <clears throat> you know, and replace it with something else. So we do, we Ooh. pull like an Indiana Jones, what? where we put something in the place of the Earth, and we the Earth like spins off and starts yes. traveling towards. And we have some kind of galaxy. Dyson spheres, something, something spaceship for the Earth, something, something. Ah, that'd be the, yeah, yeah. You get that? That's that would cool. Be the, that would be the best if we could surround a star, <clears throat> and uh, you and and travel to Trappist One in the Dyson Sphere. Can we have? Can we take something like the idea of the Dyson Sphere and build? <clears throat> because if you take the Earth away from the Sun, it's gonna suck here. Suck so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can we build a a ship around the Earth that then? Travels through space, and what the ship, the thing does is replaces the sun somehow. Right, like it, right. bat something, hydrogen explosion, something, something, and it propels us as well. So we actually stay like simulated sun. So it would feel and look and be nuclear home. bombs, nuclear bombs going off. Basically, that's your sunset. Yeah, it would feel and be like home, except for the sky would look very different. So you go, you go back home to Alabama too, just as you want. And our sun but would be diminishing. Would, mm-hmm. It would be diminishing. It would be diminishing each each uh, each year. It would be. You know, it'd be hard to detect year to year. Mm-hmm. But but oh yeah, when I was a, when I was a um, you know, when I was a kid, you could you could measure it by going like this. And now, now or something. Yeah, hold your pinky up. Yeah, I could see that. Ooh, that's a cool movie. So idea. yeah, we use we surround the Earth and slingshot it off with it and somehow. Charges it with power and propels it with a thing. But we decide the best ship is this ship. Right. And we take it with us and go. We're already pretty settled in. Yeah, so. it's like going okay. And then we so arrive the whole, at Trappist 1 uh-huh. and like maybe integrate our orbit with the orbits of the planets there or something, you know. And then start colonizing the other planets. Fuck it. Fuck it. That's what I say. All right, and Elon Musk could do that in a year in his lifetime. An Earth Earth ship, t- literally, like literally an Earth ship. I want that. That's cool. So you, I mean, we could just be doing this and also traveling through space. Right, right. Not just around, but towards a destination. Yeah, we like we're going to go to the other place, and then because of our super hyperspeed abilities, we're going to be able to get to that place you were talking about in like seven months, mm. you know, and then we'll be able to take ships over there and, you know, check it out. That's crazy to think that, uh, like the, the world leaders will be basically deciding the next destination of earth. You know, should we mm-hmm. get, we're going to go here mm-hmm. and then we're going to tour to this, uh, mm-hmm. and then we jump on a very federation. We jump, we jump on like a, uh, uh, a port orbit. So they have a few port orbits available that you can put a, a planet in around their star. Right. So you can right, sit right. in, you can like t- right. power down and recharge the systems or whatever, and you can you can use their sun a parking pool. parking orbit. Yeah. Parking orbit. Yeah. yeah. And it it would make it so that it wouldn't mess up their orbit too much, although there might be time restrictions, like you'd only be there for a certain number of months or something. I could see that. Right. Right. They keep they keep a moon far, it's in the farthest orbit, and they keep that moon as like a parking place for other things spaceships and planets take its place or something yeah yeah that would work then it could be more long term you could just trade them out see to the point where humans are engineering orbits and and planets 
Yeah. I mean, that would be could be our lifetimes. Else, could be our lifetimes. Just saying. We say it's insane, and you say it's right, insane, right, and right. I say it's insane. Could be our lifetimes. Could, could be our be. lifetimes. You have uh, nanomachines sweeping empty space, gathering up molecules. They eventually meet back when they have enough resources and combine uh, through chemical processes into a planet with an atmosphere. So you can just you can just create a planet to your liking. Wouldn't even have to be that big, you know. Could be the moon sized. Yeah. And you could just do that anywhere around a bunch of stars, and then like basically every family could have a planet essentially, or a moon, you know. Just sweeping up nebula and shit to yeah. make planets. Man, we could infiltrate the hell out of this galaxy, dude. We could fill this galaxy up with human beings. I think the next, realistically, the next step is going to be um, like habitats on Mars. Hmm. They're going to need geodesic domes. Or like, or before that, it might be robotic mining. They need to mine to get the um, and maybe the, maybe the robots will build habitats. Yeah, you know, like a, there'll be a lot of stuff set up before we even get there. Well, the the, the BFR can carry a seven forty seven fully loaded and a bunch of other shit. So they that that one ship and they're gonna send I think two or three at a time. will have enough robotics and enough steel that they could so, build so awesome. several domes with the first ship. Like that's gonna ha- that's gonna happen in like yeah, four that years. Yeah, seems like the first step. That's that's what they're gonna do. And so then you get people there, but maybe even before that, you get some kind of terraforming shit going on. Using the mining bots and uh, basically converting, setting up like uh, nuclear reactors to, con- to convert um, elements so that you create an atmosphere yeah. eventually. I don't, I don't even know what those are, but I believe like you. Like Total Recall, the yeah. end of Total Recall. Start the reactor, Quaid, and the, and the thing melts like a, hu- a huge iceberg. Oh, is that what happens? Something like that. Melts a huge store of ice, which then creates water in the atmosphere and it becomes breathable again. It's totally implausible, but it would be something like that over the course of hundreds of years, probably. hundred yeah. hundred years yeah. of just trying to create an atmosphere, and eventually you do it. And you, well, can, wa- and you can walk in the free air of Mars. <sighs> That's probably 150 years from now. Maybe less. Maybe less. Maybe 100 yeah, but we could at least have sick, gigantic domes you yes. could live in comfortably with like yes. palm trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking full scale, clean, organic. Well, just basically, you need to bring a bunch of soil with you. You need to bring as much organic, worm filled soil as you could, and then put that in things and grow food in it, and then you'll be okay. And remember to poop in it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be the first thing that goes south in, in colonizing exoplanets it's would poop. be uh, foreign organisms that are not indigenous to the ecosystem of the planet. And it could just be bacteria that you're bringing on your body that mm. decimates the whole... Yeah, you. there would need to be some clean room shit, you know? Yeah, or some kind of testing. Yeah, yeah. 
We're well. I mean, with the TSA man and the fucking air puffs, dude, we can do the testing. Like we're there. The air puffing and the light speed. It just it's cost. It's just cost. It's cost. Really. Scale too. So now that they've got it, where they're gonna re they're reusing the rockets, the cost is like as the the uh, the BFR is gonna cost less than like Falcon Seven <coughs> costed mm. to launch. So they they're they're fi- it's gonna be it's gonna get crazy. Scale is another issue, and they're running it on farts, completely That's methane, crazy. farts and oxygen. You know, it's good. Well, you can you can. I wish there were more billionaires like Elon Musk who are there are just super psyched about you know Star Trek and fucking space. <laughs> Yeah, and Burning Man. Like, he goes to Burning Man. Burning Man, Man, space, you know. So it's like... Future. uh, The Virgin guy, uh, what's his name? Branson. Branson. He is also that. He's becoming that, too. Right, right. He's joining up with Tesla to go to space. He's doing Virgin Galactic. Yeah, they're doing that. And he's he's working on... It's not just Elon. It also is the Branson guy. And then eventually, hopefully, Apple's going to, like, actually get into space. I think they have so much money. It's like, why wouldn't you? They've so they have more money than like a yeah, lot number, of they things. They're number one. Yeah. So in market cap, why wouldn't they go to space? I mean, they could. Yeah. They might just make, you know, computers and shit that are. I mean, they make luxury items. That's what they make. They're at premium, you know, quality items. How does that translate into into space? Like uh, eye watches and stuff. It'd be more of that stuff. Accessories. I and think. Computers. It, I mean, but they're they're gonna they're doing cars. They're doing autonomous cars for sure. You think it'll be like a Apple the Apple Dome? And it's. I think that I, there's I mean, no reason that if I know, work for them, I would be like, I mean, please, I want to see that, dudes. They're they're going driverless taxi, and they're gonna do a good job. And eventually that's going to lead to driverless autonomous drone. It's going to. The Apple drone. That's mm-hmm. it. The Apple drone. Oh, will, that's what it is. It's going to be the quadcopter. Yep. It'll take two people and their luggage to anywhere. And it's going to be premium quality. It's going to be the best one. Safest, that you can fastest, get. cleanest, yeah. everything. Charges while you're on the go. It's voice Easy. connected. It's everything. It lands. It can land basically anywhere. And you just give it an address and it goes and it goes up. It goes in a straight line and goes down and lands at the exact altitude on the Brings network of Apple drones. And the thing is, they'll do it well, and then, then it's it's it'll easy, be yeah. like, well, how high can the drones go? And then they'll push that. Yep, yep. And then we'll be in a space. There'll be a, dro- a drone ceiling mm-hmm. based on... And then they'll break you know, it. Based on your, your terrain around you. Mm-hmm. And they'll figure out how to technologize around it. And there'll be errant malfunctioning drones that will hit planes and, and little planes. Very few. You know, but it probably won't affect things unless it gets in the propeller. I bet little planes will crash into drones. Yeah. More likely. But mm. I, I, the I, Apple drone, that's, yeah, yeah that's like five, human, five minutes it, it, away. It's, it's not stuff drone. It's a human drone. It's human delivery service. Like, seriously, right, right, fuck, right. I see this is saying. the actual yeah, 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 lift. Yeah. Yeah. Like lift, like that. Be like a like a real. like a roller coaster ride or something. Uh-huh. It would be because it could just be a uh-huh. you could just be a harness. People would want no. People would want to stand on a floor. 
you get in and you it's just, just like, like a bubble it's, or it's a like seat. a car it's like the inside of a car but there's a quadcopter above you it's this space yeah you and i yeah it's small like and this it's, yeah damn and you, you close it and you can see out and then you go take me to you know to telegraph and 43rd in oakland and then it'll go okay whoop straight fucking line and then go it'll land and you you have wi-fi and you're like doing shit you know Mm -hmm. playing candy crush that's like not five that's probably five years away maybe maybe seven maybe yeah autonomous drone taxis Mm -hmm. the faa will have to be involved because dinosaurs that's what's gonna slow it down it will that'll slow down the most Yep. But but it'll still happen. And it'll slow it down by like twenty five years. <laughs> I mean it'll it'll do the most it's the worst <laughs> thing for it. Yeah. But it, I it'll guess it still has to happen. be done though. Yeah. So you know, somebody's gotta regulate the skies. So they'll easily be able to be like, if you're going this direction, then you're gonna be at this altitude, like on the on a compass. And if you're going at two hundred and thirty, then you're at this altitude. Like you could have every mm. direction have its own altitude and that would just be easy. And you have a huge right. buffer for that'd, error. That'd huge easy. buffer. Everyone has a huge buffer for error. And then, if you're talking about lateral, like south, like people like, I'm going here and I'm going to there. So, But if you have the compass where like, if you're at 230, if you're at 110, you're at this altitude. Right, the guy going opposite directions way beneath you or mm-hmm. way above you'd you. See, you'd see people, but it would, you wouldn't even be close. But it would be, right. z- you know, it reminds me of when I, when I was a kid, my dad would take me to the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. And we go on that thing that crosses the whole the gondola. It's like not a gondola. It's like the sky hook. It would sky like hook. hang yeah, you yeah, yeah, and yeah. fly you across the whole thing. Yeah, you could see everything. It's like that, but like Willy Wonka style. Right. At the end of the movie when they get in the elevator and go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick, man. You think it's gonna be Apple? Who's gonna be first on the scene with that? Uber. Uh, Lyft has a better name Lyft. for it. They have a better name for it. It's Lyft. Yeah. Lyft. But Uber, yeah. Uber is. Google probably is. Google. And <laughs> Apple Google. probably is too. Well, they could just throw $50 million at an idea and it's like not a big deal how that goes. It's like not yeah. a big deal. It's true. If you had like a personal rocket, <laughs> just a quick, you know, surface to surface, you have to get to, from the surface of Earth to <coughs> the surface of uh, Mars. In your bubble? And it's just a little bubble. Excuse me. It goes through a little wormhole. They have personal rockets now. Jetpacks? Yes. Yeah. That is real. Have you seen the videos? Not any recent videos, no. There are... Oh, looks like we might have lost a camera. We still have yours in the thing. That one's gone. It's all right. Jetpack? Jetpack, yeah. And actually, they can re- re- refuel. Like, he'll come and stand, and they'll throw a new fuel thing and switch it out, and then he flies off again. Like, Huh. It's happening. Like, doesn't, rock, doesn't rocketry seem so... Uh, doesn't it seem like something that's going to be replaced with something simpler and 
what will seem to be more obvious. Yes, because it's so violent and explosive and hot. Like, oh, just use the magnet. Use the uh, magnetotron. Gravino, gravometric. Yeah, gra- Magograv. Magnet. Ooh. The gravo. The gravometrics. Like, ooh, just clean, silent, ooh. invisible. Yeah. Lift. I imagine. There's a bum light over there. It keeps flicking on and off. Freaking it. I notice it now because the vibe's all chill in here. Yeah. I, well, I, those guys might be getting tired. Which guys? Um, that you guys have been oh. standing over there for a couple hours. I know, and they've been ex- exceptionally quiet, which yes, I appreciate. Very quiet, and just sta- you could have sat down, but you've been standing they've the whole been time. S- all the time. So, I so mean, you suit yourself. So I guess is it time for their final? Maybe time for their. Okay. F- you guys want to do one more? Yeah. All right. Let's see. What languages do you know? How many or how many languages do you know? Oh, wow. Round of applause. Holy cow. Hadn't even noticed you guys finished. Yeah, so thank you guys for rocking this room real good. Um, yeah, that was cool. So, yeah, folks, that uh, that rounds up our show for today. St. Patrick's Day. We'd like to thank you for all those still listening. like to appreciate your time. And I'd like to thank Claire. I'd like to thank Clark Pool and Spa. I'd also like to thank Zeist Digital for helping make this all make it all possible. So Thanks for hosting, Drew, as always. Uh, you're welcome. Absolutely. And uh tune in next week. Hi, uh, yeah, this is Jim Lubinsky. I'm calling into the Empathy and Imagination show, and uh, apparently they sent me the voicemail, so uh, they must be busy jamming. I, I, I think they're having a, a jam session at the moment. All their hands are, are busy. So uh, just leave this message, and hey, thanks for having me on the show, and uh, uh, I just want to be part of this infinite feedback loop live. Are we live to Facebook right now? Oh, excellent. Okay, how many viewers do we have? Hello, everyone. All right. All right, here's uh, the end of my voicemail. Good night. Transferring the server. <laughs>